And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And yeah, Al, you're right. This is a special episode of CadaverCast. We're recording this on Wednesday, August 31st. And just three days ago, this last Sunday, Gene Wilder died. He was a good and funny man. That he was. He brought a lot of joy to this world. And I can't tell you how many times I have seen his movies. I grew up watching, like most people, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but also Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, The Producers, the series of films he did with Richard Pryor. I watched a bunch as a teenager, and he did a lot of amazing work and has made me laugh my entire life, and I thought, you know, we should really do an episode honoring Gene Wilder. And so, though we had an episode recorded for this week's release... We're actually going to push it back because I wanted to get this episode out as soon as possible. And so Alistair and I sat down and watched what movie? Young Frankenstein. Yeah, we watched 1974's Young Frankenstein, directed by Mel Brooks and written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. But before we get started with that, I would like to take a couple minutes, Alistair, if you wouldn't mind to acknowledge some people who've been really supportive of the podcast thus far. Okay. Of course, we have those people who are part of our network, part of the Word Salad Productions Network. Joe Sanders, his podcast, quote-unquote, Guilty, and Andrew Kropel and his podcast, Dealing with Philip. But also the guys over at the Countdown Movies and TV Reviews. Those guys have been giving us a lot of shout-outs on their podcast. So I just want to say thank you, fellas, all of you. You're awesome. And I also want to give a special shout out to Paul Kelly of PK's Retro Reviews. It was just about a week ago or so, PK posted a video thanking his subscribers and all the people who've supported his channel, and he gave us a couple very sweet shout outs. So thank you, PK. Thank you, everybody at Word Salad. You've all been super supportive. And thank you to anybody who's listening to this episode right now. Alistair, you had something to add? A shout out to Goldust. Gold dust? Why gold dust? He just listened to us our podcast. I don't know if he's listened to our podcast, but gold dust, as in the WWE wrestler gold dust, Dustin Rhodes, has been responding to a couple of our things on Twitter, gave us a couple likes, absolutely makes Alistair's day. Is there anybody else you wanted to thank, Alistair, before we dive into Young Frankenstein? I think that's everybody. Do you want to tell our listeners about Young Frankenstein? It was a funny movie. But there was a little bit of jokes, I think. Maybe a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes. Okay, okay. I like when Eagle grabs the white brain and then he gets scared. Then drops the brain and then he grabs the brain and says, don't use it. <laughs> yep, that happens. That's true. <laughs> it's so funny. But is that what the movie is all about? Uh, no. No, well, what else happens? Tell, tell our listeners what Young Frankenstein is about. Young Frankenstein? It's about Frankenstein. Okay, are you talking about 
Frankenstein the scientist, or are you calling the monster Frankenstein? What are you talking about? The monster Frankenstein I'm talking about. Well, the monster is just called the monster, or here the creature. But the reason it's called Young Frankenstein is because remember this isn't actually Doctor Frankenstein from the other movies. This is his grandson. Remember that? Yeah. And he doesn't even want to be called Frankenstein because of his grandfather's exploits with reanimating the dead. What does he want to be called? The creature. No, no, Ooh. the doctor. Frankenstein. Close, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That's right. But it's actually Frankenstein. That's right. He is one of the Frankenstein's. It's about Doctor Frankenstein's grandson. There's another funny part where I think we have the main character see Igor, but he names himself Igor, but that's not the right name. Yeah, because he calls himself Frankenstein. Igor calls himself Igor. And Igor is played by Marty Feldman, who's just fantastic. Yeah. So what else happens in the movie, though? I mean, we have Frankenstein's grandson, but what's he up to? What's this movie about, right? I mean, what possible scenarios could Frankenstein's grandson find himself in? Everybody hates Frankenstein, but the people who made Frankenstein don't hate him. They love him, but the <laughs> other people just hate him. Who made the creature? Yeah, you can't call them both Frankenstein. It's going to get too confusing. Um, this I noticed during the movie when you would be laughing and talking at the screen, you would call the monster Frankie. So maybe it would be easier for our listeners to follow if you called the scientist Frankenstein and if you called the monster Frankie. How about that? So Frankie doesn't want to kill people. He just wants to do what he wants to do, go to people's house like usual. And that's it? Yeah. He doesn't want to kill people, but people are afraid of him. Why are they afraid of him? People think Frankie is a bad monster, but he's actually a nice monster. Yeah, people are afraid of him because they don't understand him, and that's how things work in the real world too. People are afraid of things that they don't understand, and this is something you're going to see a lot out in the world, Alistair. And this is what the story of Frankenstein in these movies is all about. People, when confronted by things they don't understand, rather than trying to take the time and learn about it, yeah. They instead get scared, and that's their knee-jerk reaction. They don't even bother to learn. They instead just attack the things that they don't understand. We're seeing a lot of people do that right now in the world, and it's really upsetting. If more people would just take the time to learn about people that they don't know, people that they don't understand, cultures they don't know and understand, we'd have a much happier world. That's right. Just people are trying to make the world better, and people are making the world worse. You want the world to be better instead of worse. Yeah, and we should be trying to make it better. That's what people do. Well, that's what we do. We try to make the world better. Everybody does. Well, I don't know about everybody, but they should. Even if they don't, they should. Yep. And hopefully, our podcast makes the world a little bit better. Maybe it'll do a lot, but I don't know if it will. Well, time will tell, huh? Yeah. So basically, this movie is a spoof of the old Universal Frankenstein monster movies, right? Yeah. And if you know those movies, that makes this movie extra funny. Al and I watched those movies quite a bit, and so so this movie pays homage to a lot of 
the aesthetics and characters of the original series of films. And we get a lot of that. And so that helps. If you haven't seen those movies, don't worry. If you know the basic plot of Frankenstein, you'll still be fine. But it does make it that little bit funnier. And the movie actually adopts the aesthetic of the old Universal Pictures. Is there anything interesting you noted about the way this movie looks, Alistair? It just looks like the regular Frankenstein movies. In what way? It's funnier, I know that, and the other ones are not funny, but there's one movie that has the same cast as the other one, but I think one is serious, one is funny. And, and they, I think they have the same characters. Yeah, it's rooted in the same lore. Some of the characters are the same. The settings are the same. We see basically the same castle, which is presented in much the same way using matte paintings, just like they would have in the Universal pictures. So it does look very similar in those ways. They both have different things to do with the stuff. Sure, sure. They're different stories. Yeah. They tell different stories in the same setting. There's another major aesthetic choice on their part that really made this feel at home with the other Frankenstein movies. And so far, you haven't mentioned it, Alistair. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Is this movie, and mind you, this movie's 1974, is this movie in color like most movies from 1974? Yeah. It is. Maybe it has a little bit of color. This movie, Alistair is in black and white. You just didn't notice it because, of course, you've been raised watching black and white movies, so you don't care about the difference between the two. But that is something that they did on Young Frankenstein to make this movie at home with the other Universal pictures. They made this movie in black and white in 1974, which isn't a popular choice, but definitely adds a lot to the picture. Black and white can be in certain movies. You can still make a movie in black and white if you want to. And a lot of the credit for the way this movie looks and nailing this black and white universal aesthetic goes to, of course, the cinematographer. And I didn't tell you this, Alistair, but the film's cinematographer was Gerald Hirschfeld. And Gerald Hirschfeld was the cinematographer for The Car from 1977. Mm. And The Car is a movie that Alistair and I enjoy greatly. We just picked up a VHS copy of it at a thrift store like two months ago, and it's excellent. So I was very excited when I noticed that connection between Young Frankenstein and the car. The car? We don't know if there's a demon or the, the car just driving itself. Or if there's a person driving it. Or, or like it's driving itself. Yeah, it's a cool movie. We'll probably do an episode of Cadavercast on it someday. I was going to say the same thing. I don't know what day we want to do, but I know we have to do um, the episode on the car. Yeah, definitely. Probably next year sometime, because we have the rest of this year plotted out, actually. Yeah. I mean, even if we don't know exactly what some of the episodes are, we know, like, Christmas time. We got to do Christmas movies. Yes. What else did you want to talk about with Young Frankenstein? Do you want to talk about Gene Wilder in particular for a minute? Gene Wilder, who played Dr. Frankenstein or Frankenstein. What did you think about him, Alistair? Because I know that you've seen him in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And you saw this movie when you were really, really little. We had it playing one day, but you were probably playing with cars or something. So you don't really remember it. But what did you think of Gene Wilder? Because that's why we're doing this episode. What did you think of the man? He was a good, good man. Right, Dan? 
Yeah, I think so. Everything that I know about him, he was a good man. But what did you think about his performance here? I hope he was alive today. He was a really good and funny man. Oh, you wish he was still alive, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is very sad. It is very sad that he died. Mm -hmm. But what did you like about his performance here? I love this guy. You love this guy? He's awesome. Well, a lot of the world loved this guy. Yeah. What stuff did he do in the movie that you thought was really, really funny that maybe other people didn't do in the movie? Like, you know, what in his performance made him stand out? I like when he said one of the classmates thing he said was toys. Oh, when he talks about, like, kidneys and livers and stuff. And then he says those are toys. When he said those organs were toys by comparison <laughs> to the brain? Sure. Yeah, that scene's great when he's berating his student at the beginning because he is the famous Victor Frankenstein's grandson. One of his students starts bringing up all of his grandfather's theories. And so he just goes ballistic and he starts screaming at him. He says to the kid, my grandfather's work was doo-doo. <laughs> he was the funniest guy in that movie. Gene Wilder. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think he's pretty fantastic. Yeah, he is. One of the things I really love about his performance here is his ability to just out of nowhere go berserk and start yelling at people. And he'll be totally calm and collected and then suddenly be screaming at the top of his lungs and going crazy. And that keeps you guessing what's going to happen all the time. He's the funniest guy in the movie, I'll tell ya. Yeah, you're telling me. You also liked Igor, though, quite a lot, didn't you? Was he the one who liked the, the music at where the creature was? Where Frankie was? You mean when they were on the rooftop playing music? No. Like the piano, was he playing it? Oh, when they're at the show. Yeah, when Frankenstein reveals his creation to the world, they put on a little show, which starts off with a bit of a lecture and then moves into a demonstration of the monster's ability to follow commands and walk. And then what happens? They dance and play music. That's right. There's a musical number. This is basically the exact same story as the Universal Pictures Frankenstein. The story of a scientist who, with the help of an assistant, this time a couple assistants, reanimates a dead body that turns out to be a monster because it's got a rotten brain, and then it goes on a rampage. Basically that same story, only this time around, we get a musical number. That's right, because there's a lot of music in the movie. There is a lot of music in this yeah. movie. You're right. And the Frankie likes the music. Wherever the music is coming from, Frankie comes there. Yeah, yeah. The monster really does love music. Music tames the beast, right? Yeah. And so there is a lot of music. But at one point, they actually sing and dance, too, which is by far the funniest scene in the movie to me. And I know I'm not the first person who's ever said that, but boy, is it ever true. That scene to me, makes this movie. I like when Frankie just screams, put on the wits, like the other stuff he gets to say, he just screams it out. Yeah, he's not really singing. <laughs> the song they're performing is putting on the Ritz. And whenever it gets to the part in the song where they say putting on the Ritz, they have the monster sing it. But <laughs> he can't really sing, can he? No, he just screams it out. Yeah, because he's a monster. Do you want to show our listeners what he sounds like when he's saying it? 
putting on the words. <laughs> That's how he, I don't know what he said. I don't remember. That's exactly what he says, yeah. Do you remember what else he says? Um, he says put on the words a lot. Yeah, he it, says that a few times, and then he says super duper. Super duper. <laughs> That's good. I like it. And do you want to know something about that scene? What? Mel Brooks, who directed the movie and co-wrote the movie with Gene Wilder, didn't want that scene in the movie. Why? Well, he didn't think it was very funny. It was actually Gene Wilder's idea to do that scene. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and what happened was Mel Brooks told Gene Wilder that he didn't want that scene in the movie. And ultimately, Gene Wilder told Mel Brooks that he would quit, that he wouldn't make the movie unless that scene was in the movie. And so Mel Brooks was like, oh, okay. He was like, I just wanted to make sure you were serious about it. Gene Wilder had to threaten to quit the picture in order for us to get that joke in the movie. He was like, if, if we don't have that scene in the movie, he will not do the movie, the rest of the movie. Exactly. Mel Brooks said, okay, fine. We'll have that in there. Yeah. And that's how we have it in there. Exactly. And that was a funny part. It really was. It's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Me too. Anything else you wanted to talk about specifically here? Is the monster like created by the like an animatronic or, or a puppet or somebody who just dresses up? That's a good question. See, I like this because it shows that you are really interested in the process of making movies, right? Yeah. In this instance, what do you think? How do you think this monster was created? It was really tricky for animatronic. Maybe it was, I think it was by the person. You're right. It was a person in a costume. Good job, buddy. The actor, Peter Boyle, who plays the creature in this, had to put on a whole bunch of makeup, right? They had to put on all the, the monster makeup, <laughs> and then they gave him some scars on the side of his head, and they put a zipper, like a literal zipper, on his neck, which is pretty funny. A real zipper? Yeah, a real zipper in the makeup on his neck. And then they had scars going down the sides of his face, and, and then they put him like in a big... Just like usual, you're right. In the other monster movies. Yeah, in the other Frankenstein movies. Yeah, he usually has scars. And they put him in the costume. And they gave him really big shoes, really big platform shoes to make him extra tall so he'd look really monstrous. In the other movies, it does that too. You're absolutely right. They did that same thing with Boris Karloff. Every other Franken monster movie, they don't have the zipper, but they still have the... The same stuff on the head, like the scars on his face, but not the zipper. Yeah, no, that's pretty silly. So yeah, that uh, was the actor Peter Boyle in a costume. I like when the lady says to Frankie, she calls him Zippo Neck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she does. Zippo on his neck. That's That's Madeline Kahn as the character Elizabeth, who, of course, becomes the bride of Frankenstein, right? The Frankenstein monster's bride. And she gets the white stripes in her hair and everything. Yeah. She's also wonderful. And then Terry Garr plays Inga, who is Dr. Frankenstein's female assistant, who he ends up marrying in the end. Yeah. I like when the first part, the guy who married her at the end, I like when he was trying to kiss her. But she had lipstick on. You're talking about when Dr. Frankenstein tries to kiss Elizabeth. Of course, he doesn't marry Elizabeth. Elizabeth marries the monster. 
But like at the end, he marries her. The monster marries her. Yeah. But you like the scene in the beginning when Dr. Frankenstein is trying to kiss Elizabeth? Yeah. Did you see what they did instead of kissing at the end? What? They put their elbows together. Yeah, instead of kissing. What else did you think was funny in this movie? I was going to say that there's so much funny thing I could take this whole day to talk about this. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of funny. That's so much funny there is in this movie, but I can't take this whole day to do it. I agree, we can't do this all day. But do you have maybe like one or two favorite jokes? I like when the people like make up names like... Um, Dr. Frankenstein makes up his own name. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That Igor makes his own name. Igor? Yeah. Igor. That's my first joke. That is funny. I, I agree. That's really funny. And I like when Dr. Frankenstein says to Igor, do you like dessert? And then, like, he thinks Igor made the yummy sound, but actually... Frankie did it? Yeah, yeah, the monster is downstairs going, mm-hmm. Let me hear your impression of the monster making a yummy sound. Mm-hmm. Flawless. Flawless. I also liked when Frankenstein sees the heads that would die and then sees Igor's head. Yeah, he's looking at all the decomposed skulls. And there's one that's like six months dead, and it's like basically just a skull. One that's like three months dead, and it's still got some skin on it or whatever. And then there's one that's more recent that's got more skin on it. And then a sign that says freshly dead, and it's Igor's head. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts singing, and he scares them. What was he singing? I ain't got no body. (laughs) So, Alistair, here's my question for you. Would you recommend this movie to people? People who are not afraid of monsters. I'll give them that. Yeah, you'll give them that much? Yeah. People who are afraid of monsters can just ignore the the monster movies. And then people who are not scared of monsters, they could watch the monster movie. Well, do you think this one is a scary one? Or do you think because it's funny that maybe people who don't like monsters might actually be interested in this one a little bit? because it's not like a monster movie. It's a funny monster movie. Yeah, it definitely has a lot more funny than spooky. I would say that. So you might actually recommend this movie to people who typically don't like monster movies? Yeah, because it's not really like spooky. It's just serious and funny. Yeah, not really spooky per se. Yeah. It's just serious and and funny and not spooky. Sure. Yeah. Well, I do want to add for any parents who might be listening to this and are wondering if they should show their kids Young Frankenstein that there is some swearing in the movie. Yeah. The swearing is like insulting people with some swear words. There's not a ton of it and not the worst words there, but there is some swearing. There is also a lot of innuendo and... It's the kind of language that kids won't pick up on because it's not specific in any way. Al didn't pick up on it, so nope. just <laughs> just be warned that that is there and that your kid might ask you a question about it. Al didn't, so I didn't have to address that, but that's stuff that's just right over the kids' heads. Do you want to talk beastly best? Yeah, let's talk beastly best. 
Yeah. So what's the best monster moment? I like when Frankie, like the the music makes Frankie come back to there, and then like the lady tries to help Frankie come up, and then like when Frankie gets up, he he like falls down when he comes up. So boom, bam. The music being played by Doctor Frankenstein and Igor, the music that they're playing is luring the monster back to the castle. And when the monster gets there, he climbs up the side of the castle. He climbs up the castle wall because there's like a vine there. So he climbs all the way up the wall, and he's so tired when he gets to the top that he collapses. He collapses to the castle edge. Yeah, he's so tired. The music makes him so tired of climbing up the vine. He gets collapsed. Well, I think he's probably mostly tired from climbing the wall, though. Well, my favorite monster moment in the movie is actually one that we've already talked about, and I knew I was going to say this even before we started watching the movie this morning. My beastly best is the putting on the Ritz scene, but we've already talked about it, so I won't go on and on about why it is my favorite. But it just is that funny. Peter Boyle's delivery of putting on the Ritz just pitch perfect. Can I hear it again, Alistair? Putting on the Ritz. Awesome. And what about Super Duper? Super Duper! (laughs) Now here's the thing, Alistair. Yeah? The next segment of our podcast is usually Get Spooked. But I don't know that there's much spooky stuff in this. Was there anything in this movie that spooked you? Did you find anything spooky? No. Hmm. I mean, there are definitely some scenes that in adopting the old Universal Studios look for the movie definitely have a bit of an ominous atmosphere, right? Like when the mob is trying to find the monster in the end and they're running through the fog-filled woods which have been built on a studio set. That looks really creepy and spooky, but I don't know that I would even say that's particularly that spooky. Like I I don't think there's anything in this movie that would spook it's, people. It's just all the, the trees have no leaves and then there's just whiteness coming in. Fog, yeah. Is there anything else in there that you thought was kind of spooky? Maybe when they're looking for whoever's playing the music in the basement of the castle. Remember when the mysterious music lures them down into the basement of the castle into the laboratory? Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of spooky. Eh. Eh. Kind kind of spooky. When they're going to the basement, they find Igor, who's... Igor. Igor, who comes in, and then they find the... Out the girl who was playing the music, and it was the one that, if the people say the names, the horse will. will yeah, every time they say Frau Blucher, the horse is neigh. Like, and sometimes, neigh! Yeah, and sometimes lightning strikes. I have another spooky moment. Ooh, let's hear it. I like when the lightning strikes on Eagle, then he accidentally drops the brain and then he gets the long brain oh yeah that's kind of a spooky scene too isn't it he goes in to get a famous scientist's brain yeah but lightning strikes and he sees himself in the mirror and so he drops the scientist's brain and he then of course grabs that brain that says do not use this brain why because he panics i guess he just grabs the next brain over and it just happens to be a brain that says do not use this brain abnormal so alistair with get spooked out of the way did you spot any monstrous minutia 
Any weird little things? Maybe like one. Yeah, you spotted one? What did you spot? Why did the people lift up the guys, put the wooden arm up, and then bang it? Oh, I see what you're saying. When you have a castle and you want to break into a castle, it's not easy to get in, okay? What you have to use is something called a battering ram. A battering ram is typically like, you know, you take a giant piece of a giant tree and you have a whole bunch of people hang on to it and they run at the door with it and they hit the door repeatedly until the door breaks down. That's what a battering ram is. So the joke here is that Inspector Kemp has a wooden arm and so they lift him up and use him as a battering ram. Make sense? Yes. So yeah, that is a weird little thing. It's a goofy thing, right? And one of the reasons why I guess I don't have any monstrous minutia for this is because it's a comedy. And in a comedy, you find the movie filled with all kinds of weird little things on purpose, right? So they're all intentional. They're all really purposefully part of the movie. And because of that, we could be talking about monstrous minutia all day long. That's just the nature of a comedy. It's filled with all kinds of weird little things. So just like you said earlier, if you had to talk about the funny things in the movie, you'd be here all day. That applies to monstrous yeah. minutia as well, because every little joke is a bit of monstrous minutia here. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to the end of our segments. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Young Frankenstein before we wrap up? So like the whole movie, Frankie doesn't talk. And then at the very, very, very end, he talks. Right? Yeah, yeah, because he gets that mental transference with Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And then, like, Dr. Frankenstein, the real Frankenstein who made Frankie, gets the Frankenstein stuff. Yeah, he kind of turns into a monster at the end. Yeah. He hears the music, and he starts walking around like a monster, going, Arrgh. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to add at the end of our special Gene Wilder memorial episode? About Gene Wilder. Yeah. I like Gene Wilder because he's so funny and he makes so funny movies because he's so funny. Yeah. I mean, he really did bring a lot of joy to the world. And I know there's these memes about how after his death, everybody's talking about him. And so that's somehow insincere. But I'm not being insincere here. Gene Wilder really did bring a lot of joy to the world. Gene Wilder is so great, I could talk about him this whole entire day. Well, maybe we'll do that after we stop recording. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. But we will be, of course, as usual, watching Willy Wonka again here pretty soon. Yes. Because we watch that a lot. We tend to watch it around basically every holiday. I think it ends up getting watched in our household around Easter and sometimes around Halloween and usually Thanksgiving Day and around Christmas, too. So Gene Wilder is a staple in this household. Yep. And I guess that's it, huh? That's right. So you can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. And we are also on Facebook at cadaver cast, one word. You can hit us up at cadavercast at gmail.com. That's again, cadavercast, one word. Well, buddy, you want to sign us out? You've been listening to Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Jeff Burnham, his dad. And we want to thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. That was a good episode.
Hey, Al, I've got a question for you. Yes. Do you like podcasting? Yes. Do you want to go to college someday? Yes. Well, guess what, listeners? You can help us with both those things. If you like what you hear on CadaverCast and want to hear more in the future, help us keep the lights on, so to speak, by heading on over to our network's GoFundMe page at gofundme.com slash wordsaladpro. Any donations you make there go towards supporting the amazing content at Word Salad Productions. But that's not all. We here at CadaverCast aren't doing this podcast to get rich. I mean, if I wanted to get rich, I wouldn't have gone into education, right? No, this is about nurturing my relationship with my son Alistair and helping him grow up to be as critical and well-spoken as humanly possible. That said, I'm pledging here that any money the podcast brings in over basic upkeep will go straight into Alistair's college fund. So, if you want to help us keep the content coming and support this little guy, who I hope you find as sweet and entertaining as I do, head on over to GoFundMe.com slash WordSaladPro and donate today. It's for our bonus.